The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Yesterday, we began looking at the blinding, binding, grinding effects of sin. We were beginning to look at the life of Samson. We had seen already that sin has a blinding effect upon us. We were beginning to look at the binding effect of sin. It will bind you in ways that you never expected to be bound. You may recall that ultimately Samson was bound by the Philistines after he gave away his secret to the strange woman, Delilah. Today, we continue looking at the binding effects of sin, and we're going to also look at the grinding effects. Beloved, sin will grind you to powder. It will destroy your witness in this world. It will take away your fellowship with God. But praise God, it can't take away your relationship with God as one of his children. The eternal grace of God is sure no matter how we act in this life. But our earthly experience of the grace of God depends in large part upon our actions. Join us today as we conclude our look at the blinding, binding, grinding effects of sin. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let me 
will blind you and then it will bind you. You ever heard the statement, slave to the bottle? Let's use that sin, for example. That man's a slave to the bottle. That means he's addicted to some alcoholic substance or other mind-altering substance or anything else for that matter. He's become a slave to the bottle. He is in bondage. You know that old saying I like, I've heard it before and I like it. It says, first the man took a drink, then the bottle took a drink, and then the bottle took the man. (laughs) See, you know, it's all fun and games to start with. It's fun. You sit around the campfire in the Rocky Mountain High up there and the water's pure and clear pour down and and you can sit around with your buddies you can pop a top and you can you know it just looks so enticing doesn't it you know drink a little what is it Coors Light or whatever it is that they're that they're advertising uh in that in that scene and the world shows you that and it sounds so good and it looks so good and you say hey I want to be like that but they don't show you the end of the thing they don't show you the abuse. They don't show you the man who is the slave to the bottle. They don't show you the man who is in bondage and the families that are affected and the families that are afflicted by those who are in bondage to the bottle. The Bible is clear that we're going to be servants to something or someone. That's right. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 16, he says, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. If you're going to serve sin, you're going to be in bondage to it. John, uh, Jesus rather, tells us in John chapter 15, he says this. Now think about it, beloved. You're going to be in bondage to something or somebody. You can be in bondage to the world. I preached a message yesterday about the trinity of enemies that we face. The world, the flesh, and the devil. The world is not your friend. The world is your enemy. The world is opposed to everything godly and it's out for your destruction. Just like the devil is who is behind all the worldly things. He's the the grand conspirator uh, that is behind all of the problems in this world today. And he is out for your destruction. Jesus said in John chapter 8 that the devil is a liar, he is a murderer, his design is death, and his method is deceit. He is out to destroy you. Now, are you going to serve the world that is out to destroy you? Or are you going to serve this man? In John chapter 15 and verse 14, ye are my friends. If you do whatsoever I command you, Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. You know, you've got a harsh, deadly, destructive, hateful taskmaster over here, and then you've got a loving friend that you can serve over here. Which one do you think you ought to be serving? (laughs) Which one? I'll take the friend every day. I'll take the friend every time. Wouldn't you rather be bound by the man, capital M, that calls us friend than to the world that will break us down in bondage? Sin has a binding effect. Now, the last thing is is that sin has a grinding effect. Now, I believe that, uh, that that refers to the pain and the suffering and the problems and all of the 
all of the things that you'll experience when you get down the path, way down the path of sin. See, Samson was made to grind in the prison house. In those days, some of you may uh, uh, have seen this, maybe. I don't know if any of us are old enough to, to have seen a, a mill where uh, wheat was ground and that sort of thing. But in those days, they had a little circular stone troughs with a large millstone that rolled in that groove and with a revolving post in the center and a larger post that it was attached to. And an ox would be harnessed to that. And that ox would just go in a circle. It would walk in a circle. It would push the millstone around the trough and women would bring grain to put into the trough to be ground into flour. They took Samson and they bound him to the post to do the work of an ox push that heavy millstone around and around and around in a circle in the hot Gaza sun every day, day after day, the same old grind. You know, Samson wasn't that old fella. I don't know exactly how old he was, but we're told the Philistines afflicted them for 40 years. And even if you assume that Samson was born early on in that time, he couldn't have been more than 39 or 40 years old. Samson was a strong man. He was a healthy man. He was a specimen of a man. He was the strongest man that ever lived. You see people today that stay fit and in shape. I don't find where Samson really ever got out of shape. But I don't know if he was a a bodybuilder looking type of guy, but he was not a weak sister. He was a strong man. There's no reason he couldn't have lived to be a an old age. Caleb, who was a faithful servant of God, in his 80s, Caleb went and took a mountain for God. He conquered a mountain for God. That's really when he first, you know, Caleb was, he was a great example of patience, was he not? Yeah. Caleb was one who was uh, uh, with Joshua. He was always in the background and he was, he was always second in command. Uh, uh, Joshua took over from Moses and they went on. And finally, in his 80s, He was allowed to go do God's will openly and on his own. Samson, not so. Samson, as a young man, is grinding in that hot Gaza sun, going around and around and around. And can you imagine the thoughts going through his mind? There was a time when the Spirit of the Lord was upon me. There was a time when I killed over a thousand Philistines. There was a time when I was the champion of Israel. I was a, there was a time when I was the man when it came to the kingdom of God. Look where I've ended up. Look where I've gotten to now. Well, beloved, sin will grind you in the end. Sin will grind you down in the end. You know, I said earlier, there's pleasure in sin for a season. If there wasn't, nobody would do it. <laughs> you know, I mean, think about it. It's, 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 there's some fun out there in the world. There's some pleasure out there in the world. But in time, sin begins to grind on you. The thrills that once attracted you are no longer as, as exciting to you. And the, the sin, you think about the, the one uh, who, who goes into the strange woman. Look at, look at Proverbs chapter 5. In Proverbs chapter 5, you know, Moses, we're, we're told that in, in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, in talking about Moses, that he chose rather to suffer afflictions with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. As I said earlier, there's pleasure in sin for a season. In chapter 5, he tells us about the so-called pleasures of the strange woman. And that's not someone who's weird. That's someone who is not your wife, okay? You're not married to this woman. 
In verse 3 it says, For the lips of a strange woman drop as a honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil. She's very enticing. Uh, when you look upon her, you desire her. When you hear her talk, she sounds exciting. She sounds like somebody you want to get to know. But verse 4 says, Her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps take hold on hell. Lest thou shouldest ponder the path of life, her ways are movable that thou canst not know them. Hear me now, therefore, O children, and depart not from the words of my mouth. He says, get away from her. Remove thy way far from her. Because what will happen? You know, you may be blinded to it to start with because sin will do that to you. And, and the next thing you know, you're bound up. You're in bondage to this person. And now, here comes the grinding part. Lest thou give thine honor unto others and thy years unto the cruel. Lest strangers be filled with thy wealth and thy labors be in the house of a stranger. You know, some, some people ask, what's that talking about? Well, let me ask you a question. <laughs> I'm going to use Tuscaloosa County for a good example because I happen to know that over there how expensive things are. You ever talk to anybody that got divorced in, in Tuscaloosa County? You're going to give your wealth to others. <laughs> Let me tell you, you're going to give your wealth to others. Uh, you're, a stranger will be filled with thy wealth, and his name, it'll have an esquire at the end. <laughs> it'll be a lawyer, okay? <laughs> That's exactly what's going to happen. He's going to get your money, okay? Uh, and, 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 and he says, your labors will be in the house of a stranger, and thou mourn at the last when thy flesh and thy body are consumed. That's the grinding effect of sin. Proverbs chapter 23, just as another example. You say, well, this little habit I have of partaking of alcoholic beverages or some other... You know, I heard, brother, I know the Bible doesn't teach us. It never says, thou shalt not drink. But I'll tell you this, beloved. You know, there's more to it than just figuring out what does the Bible thou shalt say, thou shalt not do. What is, what is wise? What is wise? Brother Neil preached a message about wine several years ago now. I don't know if I've still got it, but it's really good. You know, wine had medic has medicinal qualities to it. And it, it had it was really the only medicine they had back in, in the times of, uh, of the Israelites. It was about the only thing they could take. You know, uh, Paul says, take a little wine for thine often infirmities. You don't need wine today. <laughs> we got better medications, better stuff out there that is prescribed by the doctors. Now, some of that you've got to watch out for too. But I'm telling you, there's no need to go down that path because the next thing you know, you, will, you may be in the position that the person here in the 23rd chapter of Proverbs is in, verse 29. It says, Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who hath babbling? Who hath wounds without cause? Who hath redness of eyes? <laughs> now, I don't want to be in that position. Do you? You know, I don't want to have woe or sorrow. or con I don't want to be... You know, you ever seen somebody that's drunk or high on something? You know, most of the killings that I've experienced and have seen in my, uh, my career that I've prosecuted, most of them have to do with somebody being either drunk or high on something. They're, 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 they get it. You know, one, one case in particular, I'll never forget it. There were three friends, three friends sitting around down in Reform. And, uh, and two of them had been there together popping pills and drinking for most of the day. And their other friend comes in. And before they know it, they're all drunk and they start arguing. And two of them gang up on the other friend. And uh, next thing you know, they've shot and killed him. <laughs> These are friends. Boy, with friends like that, you don't need enemies, do you? You know, that's the, and they have contentions for no reason. 
because they're uh, because of the situation they got themselves into. Wounds without cause. I've talked to people that have woken up on a Sunday morning after a Saturday night uh, party, and they and they've got injuries. They they got bruises. They may have a broken bone, and they don't even know how they got it. <laughs> Who has redness of eyes? You know, I. I got. I was noticing out when we were out west in that dry air that all of our eyes were pretty, pretty red. But you know, there's a reason for that. <laughs> but uh, here we find people that have red eyes for, for some other reason. Who is it that has this? They that tarry long at the wine. They that go to seek mixed wine. He says, "Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth his color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. At the last, it biteth." Like a serpent. Notice he didn't say it the first, did he? He didn't say it at the first. I'm not going to lie to my children and tell them. You know, I've heard people saying to their children, "Oh, alcohol tastes bad. Alcohol is it'll kill you if you ever take a drink." You know, you don't need to lie to your children like that. It may taste good. It may taste good. I I don't know really, but it it may taste good. Um, but I'll tell you, it's not the first that we have to worry about, is it? It's the last. At the last, it biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an adder. Thine eyes shall behold strange women and thine heart shall utter perverse things. I've known people that have been in this very position that when they're not drunk, when they're not high, they're just as good as gold. Oh, but don't put that alcohol into them. Don't put that substance into their bodies. Because the next thing you know, they'll be uttering perverse things. Yea, thou shalt be as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea, or as he that lieth upon the top of a mask. <laughs> you know, that's somebody that's seasick, staggering around on the... I've been on a ship before, and there have been times we've kind of staggered around. But these are people that aren't on a ship. And they're just like that, and they're, they're passed out, or they're staggering around. They have stricken me, thou shalt say, and I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I wake? <laughs> you know, it's like a bad dream I'm going through. When shall I wake? But look at what happens. I will seek it yet again. You don't think sin has a blinding and a binding and a grinding effect? And that's just one sin. That's just one area here. There's so many other areas that we could talk about. Gluttony. We could talk about... Uh, we've talked about the strange woman. We could talk about pornography. We could talk about so many things. Beloved, sin will lead you to a point where you feel like you are grinding in a prison house and blind and going round and around and around. Well, it's a pretty downer message, right? I hope it's a warning to you. I hope it's a warning to all of us that we need to avoid sin and don't take one step down that road. Don't even take one step down that path. But I don't want to leave you with just the bad. I want to leave you with just a little bit of good news too. In Judges chapter 16 and verse 21, I'm glad it doesn't stop there because we read already that the Philistines took Samson and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass, and he did grind in the prison house. And it looks like there's no hope left for Samson. But you know the strange thing about Samson is, is that God didn't abandon him even in the middle of his sin. He let him suffer the consequences, 
But we read in verse 22, How be it the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. And I like that because that tells me that the truth that Jesus spoke, that he'll never leave us or forsake us, is true. Because even in that prison house, even grinding in that Gazan sun down there, as he had apparently no hope, God was still with him. That's a wonderful verse. It shows that God is still working even when we're unfaithful. And that's our hope, is it not? And the strange, amazing thing about it is, is that Samson's vision actually became clearer after he became blind. <laughs> after he became blind. Now, he wasn't completely there. He still had some, some problems. But, but he got down to the point after he was blinded where he could see God a whole lot more clearly than he ever saw him in his life. And you know the rest of that story. But there came a time when they brought him out to make sport with him. And Samson was placed between two pillars. And he prayed to God. He said, God, O oh Lord, remember me. O oh Lord God, remember me, I pray thee. And strengthen me only this once, O oh God, that I may be avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. He knew where his help and his strength came from there at the end of his life. He figured out when he was blind how to see more clearly that he was an instrument of God and not just some selfish, arrogant person. Child of God, the blinding and the binding and the grinding effects of sin are things that we need to avoid. The story of Samson is in the Word of God for a reason. And the reason is to give us warning and to give us encouragement. You may be in a place where you are dealing with some habitual sin in your life. I don't believe that what we're talking about here is just something that occasionally comes along. It's something that is constantly afflicting you or me. It's something that is a continue. You know, if you think about it, we really only have three or four sins that are common recurring sins in our lives, if you think about it. We're subject to doing all sorts of things, but I'm, it's, it's really not a temptation. I'm not really struggling with robbing banks, you know. <laughs> I just had not had that issue come up in my life very much. I'm, I'm not really struggling with murder, you know. I, I, I know you're glad to hear that. I'm not really struggling with that. Uh, uh, but there are things I do struggle with that are recurring sins in my life. And we need to stand up and resist the devil as we talked about this morning and stand against the world and stand against the flesh and deny the flesh, crucify the flesh, which is a slow, painful death, as Brother Buddy has told us. It's not an easy thing to do. And we need to try to do all that we can to avoid the blindness and the bondage and the grinding that will occur if we stay on that path of sin. May the Lord bless us to always have the wisdom and strength to stand with Him and to avoid the path that Samson took. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. 
or you can email me directly at jchrismccool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.